Thanks for tuning in to this episode of EMG Transformations. You never know how one valuable insight can make such a big impact. Please leave a five-star review if this episode had a positive impact on you. And don't be shy to screenshot and share episodes on social that you found helpful so we can spread the message and make the world a better place. You never know who may need to hear and the impact it has on them too. We're only scratching the surface. There's so much more to learn. Subscribe and stick around to manage stress, improve your health, and create lasting lifestyle changes. Buckle up and get ready to spark your transformation with Nova Fusion. Welcome to today's episode of EMG Transformations with my friend Colette Brown. Colette is a personal wellness advocate, podcast host of Limitless Healing, and an entrepreneur who brings products and information to communities to empower others on their wellness journeys. Sick for over 20 years, Colette has been told by medical doctors that she would not be able to reverse her chronic condition. That was not encouraging, but she refused to accept that diagnosis and she began her own search for answers and what she found completely turned her life around. She has a bachelor's in education and is a certified holistic practitioner and a licensed anesthetician. Based in Santa Monica, California, she is supported by two lovely daughters and the family dog, Otis, who is absolutely adorable. Colette is one of the sweetest human beings on the planet, and I'm so grateful to have her as a friend. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, that was such a beautiful intro. Thank you, Dan. And um, I feel the same. You are one of the sweetest people in the world. And this is this has been a long time coming, and I am so excited, and I'm ready for it because we have so much synergy here. Yeah, and I'm so glad we got to meet in person this year in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, just really caps it off, and we're going to see each other pretty soon, too, as well. So the year just keeps on getting better and better. Now we're doing this. I'm just looking forward to everything to come, because I know this is not the last. It's just the beginning. Just the beginning, and the best is yet to come. <laughs> yes, exactly. So a fun fact, actually, is today is my seven-year anniversary from having my sur- first surgery that removed wow. my colon. So wow. yeah, it's a pretty uh, monumental day for me. And honestly, I couldn't think of anyone better to chat with today since you're just a master of all things wellness and healthy living. So I'm really just looking forward to picking your brain a little bit and most importantly, having an incredible, juicy conversation. I love that. And um, what a journey. Uh, your story is absolutely amazing. And um, from when the first time I heard it, it just, it pulled my heartstrings because I know what it's like. I haven't had that serious of a condition, but, but I know what it's like to be limited and having to do an ongoing wellness journey and it's day by day. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you've been battling for 20 years, like I said, and Yeah, I would love to dive into more of your backstory, just so the audience is more familiar with that. So if you don't mind sharing, where are you from? What was life like growing up? And 
you know, what were some of those early battles with your chronic condition, if you don't mind? Yeah. So I was born and raised in a little town called Yakima, Washington. And this is where all of your Washington apples are from. So it is an agricultural town. So I was raised uh, on a little kind of working farm. We had horses and cows and dogs and cats. And I was the oldest girl of nine children. I had an older brother. And so I was also, I had the title of mom. I helped raise my younger siblings. And because of the environment and all the kids and all the work and, you know, feeding the animals and uh, changing sprinkler pipes and, um, you know, making dinners and laundry. And as you can imagine, like with all these children, there's a lot of work that's created. Sleep was not prioritized. Mm -hmm. And I was constantly sick as a child on antibiotics. And my fourth grade year, I had strep throat and tonsillitis a total of seven times, which meant that I would have to take penicillin. And, uh, my mother, I, me- I remember her, um, giving it to me with a spoonful of sugar because I literally would gag and I just, my body was rejecting it, but I was so sick that I needed it. And it was a vicious cycle. And so the beautiful thing, what I didn't appreciate until later is that I was in a farm environment and I was able to receive the microbiome of the earth, my siblings, and I was kind of one with nature and it was replenishing me. And so even though I was sick all the time, um, I had something coming back in my main problem started. I started noticing that when I went off to college in a sterile environment, I wasn't as connected to the earth. That's when I started nosediving and I started having, you know, cystic acne breakouts and really bad stomach pain and being a college student, you're studying and not getting as much sleep. But I noticed in college that that was a correlation, which I didn't notice growing up at home. If I didn't get sleep, I would get sick. And so being on my own, I realized, okay, so I, I feel myself going downhill when I don't get sleep. So I started to prioritize sleep in college. And then I continued on. And then I, I tried to experiment with different diets. I did grow up eating very healthy and we in a large family would butcher one cow a year to feed our family, the protein. So I was eating grass fed meat. I didn't understand that at the time either. And then going to college, I'm eating grain fed antibiotics, all these, you know, different chemicals in the meat. And also college diets are not the healthiest in the cafeteria. And so I wasn't getting the earth microbiome. I wasn't getting grass fed. I wasn't getting all these vegetables from my agricultural town that I grew up in. And I, I tried to start integrating as much as I could from what I knew growing up on food. So that took me into the next 20 years of my life where I was just, I went, I was going downhill and I was asking doctor after doctor, please help me. And they would tell me that everything was okay. And that, you know, I was going to be suffering from arthritis, IBS, and there's really nothing they could do. Um, I was told don't eat raw vegetables, only eat canned vegetables. 
I was told do the white diet, nothing else. I went gluten-free that didn't do it. And I was trying and it just seemed that every turn, I just didn't get the answers. It might've helped for a little bit when I went gluten-free, it helped for about a year. I felt like a little bit better. And then again, it was just a nosedive. So that led me up right before I turned 40. This is when it climaxed. And I had two ER visits within one month. And my second ER visit, I felt like I was having a heart attack. And I go in and they do the scans. And the nighttime interventional radiologist said that I needed an appendectomy. They admitted me to the hospital. The morning IR doctor said she doesn't need one. And so I asked for a third opinion. The third opinion walks in my room, the doctor. And he said, you know, we're just going to do it because everybody gets their appendix out. And he picked up his phone and it was ringing and he said, Hey Joe, yeah, I've got a quick procedure and then I'll be at the game in a couple hours. Wow. And I just looked at him and inside of me, I, I was feeling pain physically. And then that just lit me up inside. I thought, you know what? You're not going to touch me. If this needs to happen, it's not going to be you. Like that was really rude. But that was my wink from the universe to say pause. And at the same time, there was a nurse in my room. The doctor exits, the nurse comes to my bed and she whispers in my ear and said, Colette, I did not say anything. I could lose my job, but I think you have something called leaky gut. Just please go and explore that. And that is what set me into my journey of wellness. And I, I had no idea up until then that it could be something called leaky gut. And so that's really what started my whole journey into transformation. And once I had that piece of information, I found an amazing doctor that was also right after that comment, somebody told me about a doctor who was a GI that also was a functional medicine doctor. And, um, normally his wait list was a year to get into. And I had, you know, again, intervention and I was in his office, um, within a shorter amount of time frame, And from the testing to when I implemented what he had told me within 30 days, I felt better than I had in over 20 years. And it's been glorious ever since. And I, it lit me up and I thought this is amazing. And I just started telling everyone about how they could get over their ailments too. And it was just, you know, like I just started consuming information and taking myself in a direction of, of how else can I get better? And I'm still in that mindset. Yeah. Wow. What a story. And, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And when we're in those situations where we're just trying to feel better, our body is kind of not deteriorating, but I mean, mm -hmm. in a sense it was, uh, you just don't know what to do. You don't feel good. And yeah. the only way at that point is to look for doctors who are supposed to know everything and help you. Yes. And with that situation with taking out your appendix versus being leaky gut, like, wow, that could have been life-changing if you went through with that. Right. So 
I'm so glad that you put your health into your own hands. You made that decision. You listened to your intuition a little mm-hmm. bit. Wow. Because I just think more people need to hear that because they trust in the doctors a little too much and maybe less of their intuition. And mm-hmm. that can be just completely life-changing. I know yeah. from my surgery, like just how difficult and unforeseen complications can be. And yes. it's just, wow. Like I, I didn't know that deep of it. Like I knew most of it, but wow. Um, well, few- let me, I'm going to also give you just like a little bit more history of me. Um, I was in um, vascular therapy sales for oh. a large company. And I understood the dynamic of doctors and I really got to spend a lot of time with them and know that they're just human and they don't know everything. And I would go in as a rep knowing more that than they did in vascular therapy. And for example, I would teach them some doctors who had never placed a catheter in the jugular since medical school, I would go in and I would walk them through how to place a jugular, like on a patient real time. And I wasn't a doctor, but I knew that, that they were just human and they, they had to be walked through and I could go into any surgery room in any hospital at any time, unless there was a sign on the door that said authorized personnel only. That was very few times that that would happen. And usually it was celebrity status or someone that was in the medical profession that understood. So I could go into any room, talk to a doctor while they're operating on a patient to sell my product. And because I knew that I I just had a whole different vantage point. And, and I knew to ask, I had to advocate for myself, which is why I call myself a personal wellness advocate, because if you don't know that doctors are human and they're doing the best they can with what they've been trained, however, it's not the information that they have is not equal and you have to advocate for yourself. And if you're not strong enough, then you need someone to help you, whether it's a family member, a friend, somebody in alternative medicine who can give you eyes on your situation and say, let's step back for a minute. Do you really need to do that? Like maybe we can approach it in a different way. So what I've learned all these years and this, this wealth of knowledge that I've obtained is that, you know, if you start with your diet and you can clean it up and, and know what to eat, cause there's so much confusing information out there, then that is 70% of the problem. Most people can heal their bodies just through diet. And then you layer on, okay, let's get exercise. That's important. Not too much and not too little. And then let's layer on meditation and what you and I have in common, the cold plunges, let's get that in there. And so there's so many ways that you can start, but it seems to be confusing to a lot of people, but if you just start, then it can take you down this amazing journey of feeling so good and being able to show up in the world and do what you love even better. Yeah, I love that so much. And you pointed out a few good tips for people to apply there. Is there one, I know you said the diet first, is that kind of like 
the pinnacle of what people should focus on first and then take those other steps? Or what would you say the foundation is first? I I definitely would say that the diet is foundational. And I can give you an example. Um, food that we eat uh, can be very inflammatory and you might not even know it. Food, when you're eating omega-6, omega-3, which nuts, grains have a lot of these, your ratio should be a one-to-one, one omega-3 to one omega-6. If you're eating almonds, it's one omega-3 to 2000 omega-6. So almonds can be very inflammatory and not knowing that you can think, oh, I'm going to have alternative flour almond. I'm going to drink almond milk and it's better than dairy. Okay. This might be true. However, how much are you consuming? So everything's in moderation. The other point I want to make is there's something called the, um, cytokine model of depression. What happens is when we're eating food and it's inflammatory or there's glyphosate, which is a pesticide that was discovered in Vietnam and it was called agent orange and they brought it here and we've increased our use of, of this glyphosate uh, a thousandfold. And the reason we have GMO is that they had to develop crops that could withstand the glyphosate killing the plant. Um, and this leaches into the soil and then it absorbs back up. So the food that you're eating, it's not just topical and wash it and get it out. It's actually in what you're eating. So the cytokine model of depression, you're eating these foods that are inflammatory, that are, uh, causing havoc on your gut. And we have something called tight junctions, which hold everything in the gut. And when you get leaky gut, these tight junctions expand and it causes these cytokines that should stay in the body, it, in, in the intestine, it leaches out into the bloodstream and it goes up past the blood brain barrier into the prefrontal cortex. And it creates symptoms that we know as depression. So food is so correlated to our mental health, our physical well-being, and it's manifested in the skin. And I didn't understand the correlation either of my cystic acne. It was because of my gut. Once my gut cleared up, so did my acne. And I, and there, there's so many other ailments. So when you aren't getting physical manifestation and you're feeling internally, like I'm off, but you don't see it anywhere on your body, whether it's eczema, uh, psoriasis, acne, some people are not as prone or they don't feel it. They're, they're not as prone to do something about it. But I had these phys- physical manifestations and I was really motivated because I wanted, I wanted clear skin. I didn't want to be bent over in pain and suffering, uh, from chronic stomach pain. And so it depends on your level, but it always amazes me, Dan, and you probably have heard this too, but when when you meet people that want to be well and you share with them, these are things that I do. These are things that you can do in order to be well. And the response is, yeah, I can't do that. It amazes me. So maybe you haven't reached that low point and, and, and you're not in suffering enough or you're, you might be younger and your ailments might not be as strong, but when you hit 50, 
60, even 40 for some people, your life just turns upside down and what you could withstand younger. It's not the same when you get older. And so I always encourage people look into the future and try to see where, where you're going to be. Where do you want to be? What do you want that to look like? Know your why. And so that that will help give you the motivation today to make really good choices for tomorrow. That's so good. And it's like, why wait for that physical manifestation, that illness to come when you could easily prevent it with these smaller steps. And when it does come, you're going to have to take these big steps, like these hard medications, possibly surgery. So it's like taking the harder route now is easier later or easier now is harder later. It's Mm -hmm. like your poison. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that's all relative too, because when, when you get into a new, I call it a lifestyle. People say, what's your diet? I said, it's not a diet. It's a a lifestyle. And anywhere in the world that I go, um, I've this year been in Argentina, the Dominican, Turkey, um, all across the country, everywhere I go, I can eat and I eat really well. I eat healthy. It's tasty. And I don't feel deprived. And so when you educate yourself on what it is that you can, and you can even eat really fantastic in Italy, believe it or not, I I don't eat any grains and it's not a problem for me at all, anywhere I go in the world. And, but when you know what to do and what to eat, and you're crying over your uh, McDonald's chicken nuggets or your pizza or your daily pasta or whatever it is, look in the future again. And, and maybe that's a food that you're going to never give up, but maybe it turns into only 10% of the time and 90% you're doing what you should most of the time. And that 90% sometimes turns into 99% in most categories. And then there might be that little cheat that you do every now and then, um, if that's what you need. But once you get into feeling good, like I don't want grains in my body because they, they just wreak havoc and I feel it immediately. And I, I get physical pain. I get reactions on my skin and I just don't want it. So. Yeah. And you're talking about the inflammation and Uh I feel like a lot of people, Well, first off, awareness is the first step to really changing anything. And if you don't know these types of foods that have the hidden inflammation, like the almonds, people Mm -hmm. think that we're going alternative. That's great. But then there's a a con to that. So what are some top inflammatory foods that we should stay away from? And what are some substitutes that we could use instead? Yeah. So a lot of people are stuck on pasta on, on grains, wheat, um, even oatmeal. I, I, even though there's no gluten in it, as long as it's processed in a facility without gluten, these grains get into the stomach and they are actually leaching water from, from your body, um, to help digest them. They're also taking in vitamins that are really essential to our survival and they're passing them through and out the body. So they're actually taking in things that we need. And again, if you have them on occasion, it's okay. If it's a daily drip in the morning, you have your toast. And then at lunch, you have your sandwich 
And then at dinner, you have your rolls or your pasta, whatever it is, it's all day long. And then your snacks in between your, your bars, your, <laughs> whatever it is that you're eating, you're, that if you're having a piece of cake, I don't know, but it's just all day long and your body doesn't need that. So alternatives to grains, really great, uh, like squash, sweet potatoes, there's spaghetti squash. It's fantastic. I love it with a little olive oil and some capers and you can make your own, uh, pesto sauce. You, there's so many alternatives, um, that you can do to replace these carbs in your diet. And you're actually getting a lot of vitamins with them and you're getting the fiber and you're not getting the inflammation. They're actually serving your body. And, and then you could also, if you're creative, you can make things at home. I make bread, uh, with coconut flour. I make pancakes, waffles with coconut flour. Um, I'm launching a food line because I think one of the pain points for most people is finding, finding things that they can eat. And I recommend products, but there's not a lot of products to recommend that there's a real pain point in the market of that. And, um, I'll share more about that when I'm a little bit further along, but hope, hopefully Q1, um, I'll, I'll be out there and, and ready to go, but, but it's something that I need. And, um, so I'm, I'm excited about getting up, getting that out there, but it is awareness and it is a knowledge of two, the oils, a lot of these products Yeah. that, you know, they say, this is great. I was in the store the other day and there was sweet potato puffs. And you see sweet potato and you think, oh, this is great. Well, sweet potato, I think was the last ingredient and it was sugar and canola oil, um, oxidized oil, right. That creates the free radical damage in our bodies. And there was rice flour and white potato flour and sugar and all these things in it. And they asked if I wanted a sample and I looked at the ingredients and I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I I can't even eat this, even though it says sweet potato. And the guy that was repping it said, yeah, this is full of garbage, <laughs> mm, yeah. but most people don't stop to flip it over. Right. And yeah. look at the label, which is something that you and I both know to do. Right. Yeah. One of my questions is how is it important is reading those food labels? And you just kind of answered it right there because they'll advertise organic, sweet potato, all these healthy things. But then when you go read it, you're going to see the seed oils and all these other inflammatory things, chemicals that we just don't need. And if we were yeah. just to go buy a sweet potato by itself, go fry that up, put it on the grill, put it in, yeah. in the oven, you yeah. can do things and that's easy cooking. You just throw yeah. the potato in there and you wait and you're done. Yeah. So there are healthier ways out there. I think it's just educating people yes. to not go for the convenience because it's so easy to do that. And to be honest, like it's tasty. They make it that way. They add all the salt and the sugar and it becomes mm -hmm. very addicting to mm -hmm. stop those eating patterns, especially like for kids. I feel like they target kids the worst. Yes, You grow up eating all of that and that's what you're accustomed to. So unless you have parents that really cook their meals, they have the mm -hmm. time to do that. It's it's hard for a lot of kids out there. And it is. 
Yeah. So like, do you have any, just, this is a side note, like, do you have any tips for like your kids out there, yeah. uh, your daughters for like when they're mm-hmm. out and about or just how can they navigate through all that? Yeah. Well, one thing that I did while my girls were young and that has carried with them until today, we would be in the cereal section and they would be pulling boxes and this says it's healthy. And this says it's, you know, full of vitamins. And I said, okay, that's fine, but flip it over and read. So on the outside of the box, it would say no high fructose corn syrup. And they'd say, see, it says, I said, okay, flip it over and look at the label and read it. And for me, I wanted to emphasize the false advertising. So they'd flip it over and in the ingredients was corn syrup, not high fructose corn syrup, but corn syrup nonetheless. And they would just, you know, slump over and be sad. And, ah, oh, why do they do that? And so they saw that repetitively, like all over and over and over. And, um, so they learned, they weren't excited when they saw a box and all the bells and whistles, and it's going to be good for you and none of this. And they didn't just take it for face value. They knew, and I taught them flip it over read the label. And, and I, I wasn't as concerned about a lot of other ingredients when, when they were doing that, because it it was easy with the corn syrup. All I had to do was say cereals can't have corn syrup. And then, you know, we added on from there like different things, but, but it really instilled in them the ability to self-regulate. And then for me growing up, we always had family dinner and that's something that I do with my children as well. And that's important to me is that they know when we're home, there's going to be dinner and I cook, they'll cook with me. Um, but, but we always have a big tray of vegetables, um, salad protein and any of their friends that come over to eat, there's never bread. Uh, any of their friends that come over from other homes that they don't do this, they always are full they always say, this was the best meal I've ever had. This was so good. How do you do that? I want more. And even the pickiest eaters. And this is how I cook every day. And it's so easy to, and don't get that bag of chicken nuggets, make your own, you know, go get some, uh, some free range organic chicken breasts and make your own bread. And I make one out of coconut flour and uh, plantain flour. And I throw in seasonings, turmeric, cumin, whatever it is that you want to spice it up with and dip it in there, egg, <laughs> some bread it. And then I, I can cook it in avocado oil, make your own. And it's really easy to do that if you just slow down. And there's so many people today that help you do that. If you just stop, pause, take a moment. If you don't want to cook, there are certain companies that do, um, meal delivery, uh, eat in nicer restaurants and ones that are farm to table and ask questions. If you are going to be frequenting the restaurants, what kind of oils do you use? Is it grass fed? Is it wild caught? You can start asking more, but when you know what it feels like to nourish your body with what you're making, whenever you eat out, whatever I eat out, I always feel it. It just feels a little different. And so I'm always motivated to 
eat at home and to teach my children. My oldest is in college and she calls home and she says, you know, I'm feeling off. And I know it's because what I'm eating, they don't have the best food here. And I know that eating pizza every day, which is what they have is not good for me. And so she'll make a store run and she'll go get, you know, some vegetables and fruit on her own and, um, try to nourish her body and and get it back. And, um, always says, I can't wait to come home and eat. So that's always a good thing, you know, so raising your children to know what it feels like to feel good, to understand nutrition, to understand getting the sleep, having the healthy relationships, having the ability to, uh, communicate with you. I, I always tell my children, never be afraid to tell me anything. Only be afraid. If you don't tell me something, be very afraid. (laughs) And this communication has allowed us to um, talk about everything and their friends. I'll have their friends call me because the friends are afraid to speak with their own parents. So, mm-hmm. so having that communication and sharing with them, not only in food, but in, in, in life, because communication is a gift and it's something that you use the rest of your life. And if you can't speak up and say, I'm not feeling right and, and know how to communicate it and know how your body feels, you're you're being a disservice to the world because you can't show up the way that you need to. That went somewhere else, but <laughs> yeah, no, that is it's so all connected. Good. Yeah. It's so good. And I love how you taught them at an early age to mm-hmm. be curious and find mm-hmm. the answers themselves. Because if you were just to say, no, that has corn syrup, we can't have it that they would question you at that point and you would be the bad person rather than Mm -hmm. the cereal companies. Mm -hmm. So I love the way your approach on that first off, because you're really developing your daughters to, you know, be uh, like, have that mindset for the rest of their life and other things beyond food and just to have a curious mindset and to question things that may not look good on the surface level, just like the doctors, like just to Mm -hmm. question all of those little things that is so important. And also the community bonding or the family bonding (laughs) that you guys have when you cook, uh, cleaning up together, just Mm -hmm. talking about your day that goes a long way. And that builds character that Mm -hmm. builds amazing human beings that are kind, um, considerate of others. And yes, empathy. There's just so many traits in there that can be absorbed. And I just love that you do that and love that you share that for all of the other families out there listening. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's day by day and it's also in relationships. And when you are in a relationship, I think having someone too, that is compatible with you, Mm. um, having someone that eats similar makes things really a lot easier because when you're having to defend yourself or, um, try to appease or, you know, I, I'm not going to be cooking, you know, two meals. Um, sometimes I think maybe once every two months, my daughters would ask for pasta. Maybe they just, they're so happy with how we eat at home. So when you have a partner in life and you're eating the same, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, not that you, you absolutely have to, and there's, there's always compromise in different ways, but, but if someone is eating that pizza, pasta, that lifestyle every single day, it leads to a path of being unwell when you don't have that balance. And do you want that in your life? Or do you want to be with somebody who is aging at the same trajectory as you are and taking care of themselves so that in the future, they're not going to have a lot of problems because of how they cared for their body until that point. Yeah. Having the same values and the lifestyle is so important. So Mm -hmm. you guys can grow together at that point, not be cooking two meals every night and doing all those things that are energy draining, uh, to be honest. Um, that can really take a toll. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and there can be little jabs, you know, like, Oh, you know, you're, uh, don't you ever, you know, isn't that silly? It's, does it really make that big of a difference? You know, and, and, and hearing that daily, it's not empowering. It's not uplifting. It's, it's challenging and it's, it's not, it's just not synergistic. And so for all the younger people or older people that are, um, looking to, you know, be in a relationship, um, have that on your list. I think that's an important one. Yeah. Don't compromise your values. Yes. <laughs> that is so yeah. important. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I got uh, one more, uh, like health and food question here. I have to ask about gut health. Mm-hmm. I just have to, <laughs> it's, it's what mm-hmm. I battle. So you talked about some things to kind of avoid it, like the grains and to prevent that leaky gut. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that we can eat to kind of replenish our gut and enhance that gut microbiome? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And the, the microbiome is so amazing and we're, we're learning more about it day by day. It really has only come on the map the last 20 years and, and the science has just grown dramatically. And while we're learning more, um, all the time we're understanding different things and how it's correlated and there's probiotics. Um, a soil-based probiotic is the most recent kind of up-to-date probiotic that is really good for the gut. And they're seeing a lot of probiotics can't make it past the, the stomach acid, having really good fiber. I love coconut flour. That's my, probably my favorite flour because those prebiotics, they're helping the gut microbiome. They feed on them and the microbiome is responsible for digestion is responsible for creating vitamins for our body. So when you're feeding it, those, the prebiotic fibers, they can actually do their job and benefit the body. And it's interesting. And even in, um, termites, they have a microbiome and there's a specific one that I can't remember the name, but that is what eats and digests the wood within the termite. So we all have a diverse microbiome and everyone's is a little bit different. It's like a fingerprint and we get what's called your ancestral DNA when you're going through the birth canal, which is why it's really important if you can to be vaginally birthed because you're swallowing your mother's ancestral DNA. You're getting doused in, it's like a gift 
from the universe when you come into the world. If you're cesarean, um, and you're also, by the way, getting a cranial adjustment coming out. And when you're cesarean, you're kind of two years behind most babies that are vaginally birthed because you're having to, to get that microbiome from other places as opposed to the mothers. So there's so many, there's so many ways to look at it. So getting a really good prebiotic probiotic, uh, some people can handle kombucha. I can't handle it, um, for some reason. So you have to learn how to know your body and see what it responds to. Um, exercise, we need movement. We need lymphatic drainage in order for our bodies to process and to digest and to eliminate waste. And so if you're not getting that movement, then it's going to be stagnant. Our lymph glands don't drain on their own. And so that can back us up. So if you're stagnant or you're doing, you're just doing, you know, some weights or, um, you're, you're just not getting that diversity. Like you need to be like, ride a bike, go swim, go jogging. If you can handle that, like just mix it up and do different things. Do jumping. Jumping is very releasing of the lymphatic glands. And so that's real, a really good way of helping to get that, get a lymphatic massage. There's all kinds of ways that you can heal. And this is one of the ones that it's great for the gut as well. And healthy relationships affect the gut, wow. right? Yeah. Um, there is the gut brain barrier and that commutes, that communicates through the vagus nerve and science is trying to understand is it what's going on in the gut that affects the brain or the brain that affects the gut and how much of it, because the microbiome is actually greater than we are. Is it the microbiome that's communicating to the brain and creating these symptoms and these desires and being really careful about your sugar intake? This is a huge one. Do you know the number of grams of sugar we should have per day. I'm just curious since you're pretty healthy. I've, I've seen only because I've seen your little worksheet. <laughs> so I did not know until then. So okay. you tell us, yeah. All right. So for men, 35 grams a day, which is for crazy. women, like first, first uh, expectation of that, which is that's to me like crazy. That's like yeah. drink, like yeah. coconut water right here. And it's probably like 30 grams of natural sugar. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's a lot and women, 25 grams. And if, if look, if you're an athlete and you're expending the energy, then of course modification can come in play, but that's just a really good gauge of where you're supposed to be. And one banana can have 15 grams of sugar, a cup of blueberries, 10 grams of sugar, a Starbucks, a small mocha will have uh, 35 to 45 grams of sugar. So just being observant about your diet and seeing where you're intaking those calories and where you can make modifications and adjustments. And so just being mindful of what's coming in that everything that we do affects the gut and the gut is our health. Like it's, it's all connected. And the other thing I want to say is stress. And there's a great saying that says some people spend their health building their wealth. And then when they've got their wealth, they spend it on saving their health. 
So what kind of a person do you want to be? Do you want to be the one that's stressed and go, go, go. And I'm not slowing down because I have things to accomplish in life and I have to get here. And you're putting so much pressure on your body and so much stress that you don't understand that that has long-term ramifications and stop for a second and you can accomplish things, but you don't have to internalize it. Um, another example, you're driving in the car. I'm in Los Angeles and there's a lot of traffic to go. One mile could take an hour and you could look at that situation. And I had to face this for years. I, I would be very stressed and, oh no, I'm not going to make it. And I planned time accordingly, but it's still, I'm not going to get there. And you know, I'm being rude and uh, what are they going to think of me? And, you know, you're just all these thoughts in your head. And then I had to just like, "Er, okay, I'm creating a lot of stress on myself. I'm in the car. There's nothing I can do. I've called and I've notified whoever I'm meeting that there's going to be delays and put on uh, a podcast, put, uh, listen to a book online, listen to great music, have a, a fun conversation with somebody that you love, knowing that there's nothing that you can do to change that outcome. And when you have that good energy going into that, when you arrive, you're not going to be angry and pressure and stressed. You're going to be calm and relaxed. And that's going to put people at ease that you're going to be meeting with. Right. So there's it's synergistically. And then you can say, you know what? Next time, if I'm going a mile, instead of leaving an hour early, I'm going to leave an hour and a half early. That might be good. And then if I get there early, I'll go sit at a coffee shop or I'll walk a little bit or whatever it is. But just there's ways that we can tweak our life to not be so stressed. And another thing I want to put on here is meditation. Most successful people start their day in meditation. And I can say that the days that I do not take the time I've, whatever, I've woken up late. I had a late night. I couldn't get up, whatever it is. When I don't start with meditation, the day doesn't flow and there, it just, it doesn't. So take a minute, set your intention, set your intentions before you go to bed. Think about, about relaxing. And if you want to, you know, work through a problem in your dream, or you want to have pleasant dreams and about waking up in the morning and what that's going to feel like. And when you're doing all these things, waking up in the morning is so pleasant. It's not waking up to an achy body to, uh, intense mind or thoughts that have you waking up upset. It's nice to wake up nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's all these things together that that really that really help us to show up in the world the best we can. And I I can say today, um, I feel better than I did as a teenager. And I don't know how else to say it. I feel great. And and it's not it's not just because I'm genetically like that. It's because it's by design and I want to feel good. And, and I want everyone to know that they can too. And it's just a little step-by-step step, little steps, take incremental steps, understand how it feels to feel good, know what it feels like to feel good, surround yourself with people 
listen to things that encourage you like your podcast to um, show up in a different way and show up for themselves. Holy moly. <laughs> We're going to have to get you on for round two. There's <laughs> so much here to unpack. And we didn't even talk cold plunges. <laughs> I know. Like, oh my goodness. Um, for anyone listening, run that back. There's so many tips that you can take to apply your life. And it's just one layer at a time, like we were yeah. saying. So start with the diet, maybe go to a cold plunge, walk every day for at least 30 minutes. There's all these things that you can apply and each of them are so beneficial and you just laid out why. So that was absolutely amazing. One question that I did have though is the earth microbiome and all of that, because mm -hmm. with your backstory, I don't really hear many people if all talking about this. And I've heard this like when I was a kid, it's good to have dogs because they mm -hmm. have their own microbiome and germs mm -hmm. and all of these things that boost your immunity. So mm -hmm. how does that play into your overall immunity? And if so, your gut health too? Yeah, there was a study done, I believe in, I think it was Sweden. I don't have it right off the top of my head, but they looked at preschools and they looked at sterile preschools, meaning those that, you know, you come in, you wash your hands, you don't take off your shoes. You, you know, everything is just sterile, sterile, sterile versus a preschool that was, uh, like a Reggio based, which is your one with nature and the more tactile experiences of getting in the mud and knowing what it feels like for the mud to dry on your hand. What does that feel like? What does it feel like to have your feet on concrete versus uh, sand and paint your body? What does it feel like when the paint dries on your body? So they compared these two groups, these two schools and they found that the children that were more engaged in nature were actually healthier and happier because they were receiving from the earth and the group that was sterile, uh, they weren't as happy and they weren't as healthy. They had more frequent colds. And so when you're allowing yourself to ground, put your feet on the grass, in the sand, on the dirt, you're receiving from the earth. And I know a lot of people think it sounds very, um, woo woo and very hippie, you know, you're a tree hugger, but it's, it's now we know the science behind it and we're actually receiving a different type of microbiome from the earth that is very healing for us. Yeah. So you heard it first, get a little bit dirty if you want a uh -huh. happier and healthier life, because yes. there's so many benefits to that. And yeah just boosting your immunity, especially with things like COVID and just all of these illnesses that are going around, especially cold season. Mm -hmm. Those are ways that you can just naturally boost your immune system and stay healthy for longer periods of time. So I think that's very interesting and something that kind of gets glossed over, especially, well, just in the realm that I'm in, at least, like, I just don't hear those types of conversations. So I'm glad we're keeping it a little bit different today. Yeah, I love it. It's great. And it's fun to share. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see the passion just radiating through the screen. Uh, I know this is your <laughs> life's work. And, you know, from your story, I'm assuming it's similar to mine in a sense where that passion comes from a place of pain because mm -hmm. you knew what it was like and yeah. you knew that 
you know, now there's people out there still struggling. So if you found the tools to go from 20 years to feeling the best you've ever felt in 30 days, Mm -hmm. that's something to be proud of. That's something to share with others. And Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you've, I'm sorry that you've had to go through all of those trials and tribulations, but it's turned out for the best way possible. Your resilience to navigate Mm -hmm. through all of that. It's inspiring. And now you're just being this beacon of hope and radiating your light and all of these lessons that are really impactful and are going to change lots of lives out there. So thank you so much for all of this. It's so great. I love it. I I have one question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, We all have ways that we handle resistance. And so when resistance comes up for you, whether I, whether it's food or lifestyle and you're like, ah, I just don't want to do that today. What is it for you that allows you to push through and, and makes you show up for yourself? That's a great question. I love that you're putting me on the spot over here. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that I think of just off the top of my head is why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. So if it's the cold, <laughs> the cold exposure, yeah. that's something that I typically initially am not going to want to do. So I could let those hesitations, those second thoughts stop me from doing it, stay in bed, go yeah. take a warm shower. That's <laughs> so much easier, but it comes down to why and having yeah. a purpose. And, you know, for that specific example, I'm looking at it from the perspective of, okay, I know that this will improve my health and Mm -hmm. my health is, if it's my top priority, it becomes over the business, over the podcast. If I don't have my health, I can't have these conversations. So that pushes me through the resistance and just, I know that doing that is good for me and that I'm going to feel better. And I just try to take that short-term emotional decision out of that because that's what it is. It's really our emotions telling us in the moment that, oh, this is going to hurt. This is painful, uh, whatever the case is. And so you just have to look past that a little bit and ask the Mm -hmm. question, why am I doing this? And that goes with everything. Like you can save so much time and energy by just asking that simple question and pivoting from draining tasks and things that aren't productive and are just kind of going through your day and not really getting much done to being, okay, what are my priorities? What do I really need to do today? And even if it's uncomfortable, why does it matter so that the long-term effect of that is going to be greater than this small discomfort that I'm feeling right now. I love that. Knowing your why that says it all. Yeah. I love it. So that's mine too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I'm curious, what is your why then? Well, I have several that the main top two are my daughters and Mm -hmm. I, I want to be there for them and experience life with them, travel with them. I want to hold my grandbabies if they have children. I want to see the world through their eyes and 
just show up and, and be there to support however I can. And, and also I love travel. I want to travel the world and I, I want to explore cultures and see things and I want to do it healthy. I, I, I don't want to be 60, 70 hunched over solo and, and shuffling. I want to be that vivacious hundred year old that is still going. And I know the only way to get there is through today and how, what the choices I'm making today for tomorrow. So I want my faculties about me. I want my sight. I want my body. I want my mind. I want my curiosity. I want my spirit. I want everything there. And that lights me up because it makes it really clear making choices today, uh, what I need to do to show up for myself that things that, you know, when I'm getting resistance, I just say, no, <laughs> not worth <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait to wish you happy birthday at a hundred years young. I know. Full I know. confidence in your ability to do that with all of yeah. the lifestyle, just great things that you do. Yeah. And, you know, since we're getting kind of deep on here right now, I'd, I'd love to share my why just because, Yes. Um, you know, I grew up with an alcoholic father. Mm. I mainly talk about my story with Crohn's, but, you know, that kind of prepared me to be resilient and mature at a young age. So mm-hmm. I kind of could cope with this illness that I had, because if I didn't have those troubling experiences mm. early on. I don't know if I would have got through it, to be honest. I got to some pretty low points. So for me, first and foremost, getting healthy so I can just do the things that I want to do. But it's also creating the family and being the dad that I wish I had. And Mm -hmm. that really strikes a chord for me to just do all these things that I wish I had growing up and be there for my family. I have a small circle right now. So I want to expand that. And that's something that lights me up, something that I look Mm. forward to. And honestly, like I would love to be a dad one day. So these are things that push me past any resistance. When I think about that, it's like, okay, is the small discomfort worth avoiding to get to this big goal of doing those things that I couldn't think of anything better, to be honest. So when you have a why and a purpose that's that strong, like you and I do, mm. it just makes it so much easier to get through those tough times when they come because they're going to come <laughs> regardless. It's like waves in an ocean. They're always coming, but so are the good times. So, yeah. you know, I like to say that everything is temporary and just ride with the flow and, you know, don't beat yourself down when things are going bad and when things are going good soak it up because that's not going to last forever either. But yes, that's what life is about. Just enjoying the moment. It is. And just to expand a little bit more. Um, I know your story is like moving and the parents who maybe, or, or if you're thinking, I don't know what my why is every day. Like imagine if you're, if you're feeding your children we, you said something that resonated. You want to do better than what you had. And I feel the same. I I want to show up for my kids better than what I did. I didn't want them to be the mother of the family. I wanted them to feel what childhood was like and to have experiences. And, um, although it gave me the courage and the experience to show up in the world in a massive way, 
of understanding, you know, a good work ethic. If you can just say, you know, I'm going to make dinner tonight because I want my children to be healthier than what I was. So if you can't find a why within yourself, start with going outside of yourself and looking at your child or your partner and, and just starting there because sometimes finding your why, um, in itself is harder. And I have people I work with to do an exercise of digging in seven layers to the why. And if you want to lose weight, that's not your why right. you have to go to the next line. What's why do you want to lose weight? Cause I want to look better. Why do you want to look better? Do you want to attract a mate? Do you want to feel more comfortable in your body? Do you want to be more confident? Do you want to be able to, what is it like seven layers drilling in and really focusing? And, and there's, there's so much content out there on knowing your why. So if you're hearing this, maybe it's because you need to dig into your why, uh, like Dan and I have, and, and we're, we're showing up differently because we do have a purpose and a mission and we've touched darkness. We know what it's like in different ways. And, and we want to make a difference in the world. And that's what we're doing right now. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, And I feel like deep down, most of us know what that why is, but there's a resistance that Mm -hmm. like we talk about and Mm -hmm. maybe they haven't touched the pain. Like you said earlier, that pain enough that it really sparks them to change. And Mm -hmm. that can be a tough place when you're in the comfort zone like that. And you feel like your life is good right now. And why take that risk almost to sacrifice what you already have? And that's something that I really ponder about is how do you really light that inner fire underneath someone to really go after their dreams? Because they know what it is. It's just those fear and those doubts. And actually, when we were in New York together at Craig Siegel's event, I got to ask Jen Gottlieb a question. And that was the exact question. People come to me. uh, This is another saying from my friend Stacy, you don't have to have the breakdown to have the breakthrough. And Mm -hmm. that was my question. How do you get someone to change their life without going through that big breakdown? And her answer was the complete opposite in the sense that what is that life vision? What do you really want? And what lights you up? Go and lean into that because you got one of two sides. And would you rather try to avoid something painful or reach towards those dreams? And, you know, at the end of the day, the only thing holding you back is you. So Mm -hmm. not other people, not circumstances. You can always find a way, be adaptable. It's not going to happen overnight, but if you're persistent, if you're consistent, it will happen. It's just a matter of time. It's not when, it's not if it's going to happen, but when is it going to happen? So that's, that's a tip that I got the privilege to ask her. And, you know, I hope it can help someone else out there. If you're not at that level of pain where it's really pushing you, figure out what it, what's going to push you on the opposite side and what are those dreams that you could just take a leap for and start figuring it out as you go. Mm -hmm. That is such a good point. And, and it's just, it just takes a minute. That's what the meditation is about. Stilling your mind, calming down and, and allowing to feel what your body is feeling and, 
how do you know when you're going a hundred miles an hour? You don't, you have to slow down and you have to be able to tune in and feel, wow, I'm out of alignment. I'm, I'm going too fast. I've got too much on my plate. I need to just take some breaths, do some box breathing, um, take, do a cold plunge, something and, and dig into it. And that's a muscle that we've both learned how to develop and, and don't beat yourself up. If you keep dropping back into that resistance and it's okay, that's natural. And that's why we build the muscle. Yeah. It's a skill that we develop over time. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not going to be overnight, but if you just stay with it, you're going to make that progress. You know, some of those daily habits you've kind of mentioned on here, I'm wondering if we missed anything. I know the meditation you talked about, is that something you do every day? And every day. Okay. Yeah. Non-negotiable. Exercise movement is non-negotiable. I do weights like three to four times a week. And then, but every day there's walking. Um, there's, you know, when I do my cold plunge, that's my, I I'm in the Pacific ocean and I'm diving, swimming. It's, it's a pretty intense, um, time and, you know, being in the cold water. And so I, that's kind of my, my exercise slash meditation slash cold plunge experience. Um, because you don't really think about anything else. Like you're, you're so present and you're there. And so, yeah, the cold plunges is another one of my, uh, my daily, not daily, but a weekly, uh, non-negotiable that I've, I've been integrating. Yeah. And it's funny because people will ask me like, you use that as a meditation. I can't even get in the cold shower. Like, how do you stay calm through that? And really that's the point. Mm-hmm. It's going to put you in that chaotic situation where you're in your flight or flight, but the purpose of it is to slow down, come back to your breath, find the stillness. That's why we do the cold. So then when life comes and hits you with this crazy event, you're not scrambling and you're not out of control and just you can't think because you're so stressed out. You've been in a similar situation before and you know how to calm yourself, bring yourself back to center. And I think that's the most important, the the value that I get out of going in the cold, that right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And then there's all, there's so many benefits too True. for health. There's blood circulation. Um, there's building that brown fat layer that, that activates your, your, immune system and burns calories. And when you're in the water, you're burning four times the amount that you would, if you were in the air at the same temperature. So your body is, is expending more energy. And so you can burn through and it helps it increase metabolism and it clears the skin and it it's just so healing from it. Yeah. And, and ladies would like to hear this too. Like it helps with cellulite if you're really trying to work on cellulite. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's a little something for everyone. <laughs> there, there is. So, so yeah. it's, it is meditative and I love it. And then there's all these benefits beyond right. that. So they're, they, and they all work together just like life. Like it's not just eating the food. It's not just meditating. It's not just exercising. It's not just healthy relationships and reducing stress. It's all collective and it all works together and just take it a step at a time and try to improve where you're at. Dan and I are really far along on our journeys. And so 
I want all of this information to be received with love and with compassion to yourself and not looking at where we're at, but where you're at today and take this information and look at how you can plug it into your life and where you can start incrementally to live a healthier tomorrow. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't know about you, but I wasn't starting at these full out cold plunges. I was getting in the shower for 10, 15 seconds and then cranking that back to hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we all start at that beginning point. Yeah. And again, it's the skill that you develop over time. You're going to mm-hmm. build that resistance. And that's the fun part. It's not about getting in the cold plunge and finally getting to that goal. It's about the process and who you're becoming every day and building those skills that are gonna go through every other area of your life at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's a beautiful journey. Yeah. So I got one last question before yes. we wrap things up. If you could go back in time and give advice to your younger self when you were really sick, you were lacking confidence, maybe even insecure victim mindset, why is this happening to me? What would you say to her to get through those times? Oh, that's a beautiful question. That could bring me to tears. Um, I think I would, I would say stay the course, um, find that compassion, love yourself and, and look around you at all the friends, all the family, all the love, all the support, and know that your tomorrow is going to be even brighter because of what's happening today. Um, and I can say that with the wisdom of knowing that the most interesting people that, that I know that I meet have been in their darkest hours and, and have come through. And when you can't touch the darkness, you really can't show up to say, I've been there and I know that you can too. And sometimes life takes us through those moments and, you know, whether you're a child or a young teen or a young adult and wondering why part of that is the journey of going through so that you can make a difference and you can see that differential from where you came and where you are, how you got there and your light can shine even brighter because you know that you can rise above and and it's a beautiful thing. So I would just, I would just shower that young Colette with compassion and love and just say, hang in there. It's okay. That's beautiful. You're going to get through it. You got through it on the other side. And now you are just this testimony of what others can do and getting through those tough times. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. Like we've said previously, but it's worth it. It's worth yeah getting through that and not being at that same place and giving yourself grace along the process. That's something that I am working on. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you do really reflect on where you were to where you are now, that is a beautiful thing. And I really appreciate you sharing that final nugget. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's a great question. This has just been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. I would love to know how we can support you. You got the Limitless Healing Podcast, which I highly recommend everyone out there to go listen to after this. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, tell us what else you have going on or if there's anything that you're looking forward to so we can get involved. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, please stay tuned. Um, I guess the best way to follow me is on Instagram at wellness by Colette and my podcast, which is a, just like yours, it's a passion project where I'm sharing stories of inspiration, healing products that help you to do better in this world. And that's limitless healing with Colette. And you can find it on any platform. Uh, I'm developing a food product that will be out hopefully Q1. And I will share more along the way with that. And the last thing that I'm doing is I am having a women's retreat in Bodrum, Turkey, a wellness retreat and, uh, the, the end of October of 23. And if you're a woman and you want to experience a week of wellness, and I could explain what that is. If you contact me, uh, reach out because it's going to be a transformative lifetime experience in a beautiful location, right on the Aegean sea. And it's going to be mind, body, soul surrounded by women who are like-minded and will lift you up and you will go back home, re-energized, rejuvenated and refreshed to just start your, start the rest of your year and show up for your friends and family in a way that you haven't experienced before. Wow. I'm a guy and I'm, I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. And yeah. uh, what an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Like that, that's awesome. Yeah. So, Colette, thank you so much for taking time to be here with me today and being vulnerable to share your story. Your mm -hmm. kindness and light shines hope on others going through tough times. And the world is a brighter place because of you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I can't wait to see you in person again coming up soon. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Dan. It's just so meaningful and the time was so beautiful with you. Thank you. Are you ready to take charge of your health and transform your life? Well, get ready because we have the solution for you. Introducing the Nova Fusion 21 Day Wellness and Resilience Challenge. The ultimate program designed to stack massive momentum, achieve peak performance, and spark your transformation. In just 21 days, you can experience a total wellness revolution. Our challenge is jam-packed with daily inspiration, education, downloadable resources, and exciting challenges to keep you fired up and on track. But that's not all. When you join the challenge, you'll also become a member of our exclusive Nova Fusion family. Together, we'll support and uplift one another as we continue to grow and thrive. Unlock the secrets of the world's best wellness and resilience practices to stay mentally and physically fit for a lifetime. From renewing healing practices to transformative high performance techniques, we've got you covered. And here's something that sets us apart. I believe in these practices so much that I'm offering a money back guarantee. That's right, if you don't see results, you can get your money back so you have absolutely nothing to lose but everything to gain. So what are you waiting for? Take advantage of this limited time opportunity right now. Go to novafusion.co slash challenge to sign up and embark on the journey of a lifetime.
Let's spark your transformation together. I can't wait to see you on the other side.